Welcome to the Money Curious Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Essien. Money Curious is dedicated to bringing you the best financial content, whether you're a millennial, Gen Z, or even a boomer. If you want great wealth building tips, if you're looking into some side hustles, or even just knowing about different investment and debt pay down strategies, then this is the podcast for you. Now, before we get into today's show, I need you guys to do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on all other major listening platforms and on Instagram at Money Curious Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Curious Podcast, guys. Thanks again for tuning in and for listening to another great episode. Today's guest is Brandon Rodriguez. She helps women budget and pay off debt. And along with her family and her help and support with her faith, she's able to accomplish a lot with her finances. Brandon and her husband were able to pay off $137,000 in debt in exactly 59 months. That's on her Instagram. And they did so by going through Financial Peace University, using the Dave Ramsey method, the baby steps. And let's not forget her side hustles. That's probably the most impressive thing that they did. They were able to take on a whole bunch of side jobs while raising two kids and still were able to pay off all of this debt. That's right. And so guys, this is going to be a great episode about like how to overcome your struggles financially. So just tune in and stay till the very end. So let's bring her in. All right. Brandon, welcome to the Money Cares podcast. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you both for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to get this started. So uh, do you mind just letting our listeners know a little bit more about yourself and what your story is? Yeah, absolutely. So Brandon Rodriguez in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, most recently, my husband and I had paid off $137,000 worth of debt. You name it, we had it from student loans, car payments, medical bills, dumb furniture bills, you name it, we had it. Um, so about Six years ago, started our journey, um, and it was just one of those moments where I was tired of looking at interest rates and how much money was going towards student loans, uh, even more so my mortgage note. I was looking at the mortgage, and I'm like, dude, we're going to pay our house twice if we like pay it off in 30 <laughs> years, basically with all the interest that's there. So that kind of spearheaded us into the journey of, you know, let's pay off our debt. We can do this. Uh, you know, no one in our family really was doing that, you know, we're all have debt, we're all going to pay our bills. So this is kind of one of those things. So we did it a little less than six years. Um, so it was a journey. Uh, always felt like, oh, I felt like quitting, but then it was like, no, we got to keep going, we can do this. And so it's good to be on the other side of mm. debt. You know, I still have a mortgage note that's going to take us a while, but without, you know, carbon notes and all that other good stuff, and just to be student loan debt free has been amazing. That's awesome. And that's an incredible journey that you've got, that you've had you and your family. So I'm sure that there's been like obstacles and challenges all throughout that way. But I mean, you said a little under six years, that's quite a while, I would say. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's compared to the rest of your life. That's like a short span of, of time. So can you tell us a little bit about what made you and your husband finally get serious about paying off that debt? Yeah, so we got so we have a story in our own relationship as well, right? So we were together for five years. We had our oldest daughter. Uh, we separated for five years and then we got back together and it was like, okay, we're 30 something. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. So we're going to get married, you know, do everything the right way. Um, so we got married and once we, you know, joined finances and started getting back together, it was like, all right, well, how much debt do you have? How much debt do I have? 
And one of the things that broke us up our first time going around was, was money, right? We mm-hmm. weren't seeing eye to eye on money. And it was like, well, you make that much, so you need to pay this. And I only make this much, so I need to pay this. And so we constantly had many arguments. So again, when we got back together, it was like, all right, clean slate. This is how we're going to run our household. This is how we're going to run our finances. And so when we really sat down and looked at how much debt we have, we're like, wow, this is ridiculous. Because yeah, you're like, mm-hmm. I can pay $36 here a month. And oh, the car payment's 420 and it's like, oh, we make enough money to pay it, so it's fine. But once we really tally, uh, tally up those dollar amounts, is when we're like, no. So, again, our why, my personal why was, you know, interest rates are just ridiculous. And then, of course, our daughters, um, after we got married, it was like we got married, got pregnant, had Emory in 20, I got married in 2014, had Emory, my youngest, in 2015, sold our house bought a new house in 2016. So it was like all this stuff was going on at the same time. We're like, yeah, we just really need to get rid of this debt. So we wrote everything out on, you know, uh, I was a pen and paper kind of girl. He's the Excel sheet, Fred got Fred spreadsheet. Again, he's the math whiz. Um, we wrote it all out and just made a plan. We broke it down into goals, like goal one, goal two, goal three, goal four. Goal four was car payments, student loans. Goal one was, a, you know, Ashley Furniture, the small amount. Um, and again, we made money to pay our bills, but we're like, okay, I don't want to draw this out even longer, so I'm going to get a part-time job. And he thought I was crazy. And he was like, yeah, right. And I'm like, no, I think I'm going to do it. So I went online, found a, job, a waitressing job. I applied for it. it. was When I was in high school, this restaurant it was a Mexican restaurant. I remember all my friends who worked there, they were making big, big money on the weekends. They were making 200 bucks. And I was like, I'm gonna go apply. I applied, got hired, and I came home. I was like, I got hired at work tomorrow. And he was like, Have you lost your mind? <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably, but I'm tired of debt. And so he was like, Marie, how are we gonna do this? And I was like, We're gonna make work. And so that's exactly what we did. I mean, at that time, my oldest was 10 years old, our youngest was mm-hmm. one. Um, and we just started side hustling and thankful for family and friends who helped out with kids. Um, and just slowly started knocking off one debt after, uh, after another. But yeah, the why is definitely interest rates and our kids because we just don't want our kids to have to grow up in debt and have things, but they, you know, us have to tell them, no, we can't do that because we have this, or we can't do that because of this or that. That's how really our journey got started. Wow, there's so many, I have so many questions now. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great description. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you mentioned that, you got a waitressing job, right? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming there might have been more side hustles that maybe your husband took on, or maybe more Absolutely. side hustles that you even took on, right? So, how are you? Able, so, first of all, what were those side hustles? You mind expanding a little bit on yeah. that? Yeah. So, 2016, I started waiting tables, and because I got a part time job, he was like, "Well, crap, I can't have you have a part time job and himself not have one." So, he started working at Home Depot mm-hmm. as associate. Um, so that was all of 2016. At first we started and it was like, okay, let's just do three months and see if we can maintain this. Our oldest plays club volleyball. Again, we had a one-year-old toddler. Let's see if we can do it. So we would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, part-time job on top of our full-time job, on top of club volleyball. Uh, I'm very involved in my church. I sing in the choir. So I'm at church on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Sundays, right? Um, so we did for three months and I'm like, okay, look, you know, stuff like three cards. Let's, let's keep going and see how long we can do it. So we did it for a full year. And by that time that year hit, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, nope, I'm tired because it was, you know, get off of work on Thursday, meet him at, on the side of the highway by 530 to swap kids so he can take one kid home or I'm taking one kid here and go to work, a part-time job, come home. So, I mean, it was hard, but we did it. So we did that for 2016. We quit after a year. 
Um, we just went back for our debt snowball, did that. And then now once we get to pandemic years, I get all lost. So I guess 2019, I paid everything off in 2020. So 2019, I was like, okay, we're finally in the goal four. So it's like the student loans. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a part-time job. And he's like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, but I want something that's more flexible. So, you know, if I don't want to go, I ain't got to go. And I don't have to find someone to cover my shift or anything like that. So I started working for Favor, which is a Texas-based delivery service, similar to DoorDash, but Favor does everything. You can literally, whatever you need, you can go deliver. Uh, and so I started doing that because I was like, okay, cool. I can work two shifts. I mean, two hours, make 50 bucks. And my goal will be to make 200 bucks a week, 800 bucks a month. That would go straight to my student loan payment. I did that because it was so easy and we could take our kids. So then he was like, cool. So he started doing it too. So I was like, all right, see you later. We'll both go our different directions, do favor. He'll take a kid. I'll take a kid. Uh, but then it was like when the kids would come, especially the young, she's like, well, can I get a snack? And can I get this? And I'm like, look, mommy's trying to make money. You can yeah. spend money. <laughs> just to get the opposite of what I'm, I'm like, trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have to leave y'all at home. I'll be back in two and a half hours. Give me some time. Uh, so then we did that for, again, another year, and then I got lazy because then I heard about DoorDash, and I was told that DoorDash, uh, all you have to do is pick it up and deliver it. Where Favor, you would actually have to go order it. So the person goes online and says they want something for McDonald's. I would have to go to McDonald's. I need another tin with this, this, and that. Rather, at DoorDash, hey, I'm just here to pick up Brady's order, right? So I got lazy, and I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to DoorDash. So I started doing DoorDash, and that's how I finished out the last of our student loans. And then it helped out. You know, obviously the pandemic was a horrible time for so many people, um, but just with working from home, um, not driving as much, going to work, all that stuff, uh, I was able to do more hours, saving gas money because I wasn't driving downtown San Antonio. Um, and so I just kept going. And again, I would set weekly goals. I was like, my goal is to make two, two fifty. If I make that, bam. And then DoorDash. So I would finish on Sunday night and uh, I don't know exactly how much money I make. And it would tell me, and then they would deposit on Tuesday. So as soon as I would finish my shift on Sunday night, I would go and schedule my $250 payment to my student loan. So as soon as the money hit on Tuesday, the loan was kept, it was going straight to the loan mm -hmm. out at the same time. Cause I didn't want to use that money for something else. Right. It's like, Oh, let me go buy this. It's like, no, any money that I made from my side hustle went directly to student loans or whatever debt we were working on. So yeah, so when it was all said and done, my husband and I had five part-time side hustles during those six years. Because I did uh, the waitressing, DoorDash, Favor. He did Home Depot, DoorDash. And then he also refed uh, basketball games for the YMCA. So that was good cash for him. But then he also hated it because, you know, he's like, parents are crazy at these basketball games. And you're yelling at a referee. Like, he was like, girl, no. So, uh, and then finally, he's like, I can't do repping anymore. He's like, I'm about to, no, no, no. So he quit repping after that. Wow. Well, let's <laughs> talk about this like hustler, like personality that you and your husband have. Like, I think that a lot of people need to like realize, like you got to hustle to make your like sacrifices and, and like the time to do it is earlier rather than later. Yeah. Right. Like if you think that you're going to be able to do all these like side hustles, you did five side hustles with you and your husband, like that's incredible. You and with two out. kids. And with two kids. <laughs> like if someone says to me now mm -hmm. that like, no, I can't do this. Or I'm imagining if someone says to you now, like, no, I don't have time for it. Well, Brandy made time. Yeah. And if you Brandy made time. Yeah. Right. And like, if you have your priorities straight, you definitely can make things happen. So, mm -hmm. wow. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing like, you know, the intricacies of like, you know, swapping kids and, and <laughs> getting from here to there. And, you know, all those hurdles really speak to the type of hustler, like attitude that you guys have. Like, it's important to show that and it's important to also state, like, 
yeah, there's sacrifices. Things are going to be hard, but man, I made it out of debt. And yeah. my life is like a lot better now. So mm-hmm. And I would say that we didn't that. have like the, the sexy side hustles, right? Everyone's like uh, yeah. know, the, the blogs, the podcast, you know, all kinds of the, the, the sexier side hustles or the businesses. And I was like, yeah, I don't have time for that at the moment. I just need to go somewhere and, you know, pay me, make some quick cash kind of deal. Um, and I, I, I've talked about this before, but even when I was waiting tables, I didn't really tell anyone at my job. Um, I'll say I'm a vice president in an organization. That doesn't mean anything to me in my organization as titles or anything like that. Um, I'm not leadership role, but I'm assigned as a vice president. Anyways, I don't really tell people in my organization because I was like, man, you know, what are they going to say? Like, are they, you know, why are you working side hustle? Well, then you have that awkward moment when you're waiting tables on a busy Sunday afternoon and you turn the corner like, hi, I'm Brandy. What can I get for you to drink? And it's your CEO sitting at your table. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing here? Did I pay you enough money? Is <laughs> and I'm just all like, hey, I'm like, not that you don't pay me enough money. You don't need bonuses. So, <laughs> um, Good save. Good save. Yeah. I was like... So anyways, I'm here to, I was like, I'm only here to pay off debt, blah, blah, blah. And I would keep a, a running sheet in my, my waitressing folder of all my debt. And this was my reminder, like, this is why I'm at work. This is why I'm doing this. And so he was just like so shocked. And, you know, after five minutes, I'm like, dude, what do you want to drink? Like, I have a full section. I got to go. <laughs> and so he's just like, oh, my God. Uh, and then, of course, when other people would see me, like, why are you here? Like, is your, like did you know your job anymore? I'm like, yes, I have a job. My job pays me well. I'm trying to pay off debt. So it's like getting past those like humble moments, right? You know, mm. it's like, don't be embarrassed because you're working a side hustle or anything. Like, hey, this is why I'm doing it. Like, I'm only doing it for this reason. I mean, even the people in the restaurant, uh, I do media. So they would see me on the news if I'm doing something for my job. And they'll be like, I saw you on the news. I was like, yeah, thanks, yep. <laughs> I'm like, again, that's my job. That's my career. I'm only here for a reason. So you talked about how you made... The, the you chose a method of the debt snowball instead of like some other methods like how did you find that one more helpful to you in your debt journey and in your debt circumstances at the time so i got introduced to the debt snowball method back in 2010 so when i was at church we did financial peace university so that's the first introduction of paying off debt that i remember right growing up we didn't talk about finances debt was debt you would always have it um, so I went through that program 2010 in my single stage while DJ and I were separated. You know, I started it, cut up all my credit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year later, life happens, open up all my credit cards again, get back in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so when my husband and I got married and we decided to go down this journey, I had, you know, hey, I did find teach university. Here's my book. Here's my certificate from when I graduated. <laughs> um, and so that's why, I, you know, I told him, let's do this path. And I like it just because of the quick wins, right? I like the smallest to the largest debt. I like mm-hmm. knocking those stuff off. And again, that's why I stayed at Alma Cafe, the restaurant for a year, because I was going through those eight, 10 debts so quickly because there were smaller debts and the side hustle. Um, I know people prefer uh, the avalanche method, but I'm always going to say, do the method that works best for you. That's mm. going to keep you encouraged. That's going to keep you going. Um, so whatever method that may be, you know, whatever's going to keep that fire in you, that's the method you choose. So I like the snowball method. It got us through our entire journey. Although at one point my husband did say, he's like, I think we should focus on this credit card versus this. And I'm like, no, that's like down here. And I was like, we can't do that. We have to go down the list. He's like, it's okay if we switch. Um, so one thing I'm very thankful that my husband and I did is that, you know, we, um, we compromised, right? You know, okay, you did this for me and this is what you want to focus on that. Okay. So yeah, I'll let us focus on this credit card that we need to pay off because it had higher interest and 
all that other kind of good stuff. So we compromised, but you know, 98 of the time it was a debt snowball method for us the entire time, except for that one credit card. So um, having said that, I would assume during this five, six year journey of paying off debt, life happens, right? There are things that pop up that you just, you can't, you can't expect, you can't prepare for, it just happens, you have to deal with it and it might set you back a little bit. What were some of those setbacks for you, if you don't mind sharing? And how did you think of those setbacks as you were going on your, your debt payoff journey? Yeah, so we had a few, which <laughs> most of them came with our cars, which mm -hmm. was horrible. Um, one is when I was doing side hustle, doing favor or dash, can't remember, uh, I ended up hitting a deer with my car. Oof. Came out of nowhere, the deer like flew. Like by the time I saw it happen, it was just like, <gasps> And he flew, did somersaults behind me. I say that he hit me. I did not hit him because he jumped in front of my car. Yeah. Um, everyone's like, no, you hit the deer. No, he hit me. Um, anyways, my car had just been paid off. And it was like, please do not total my car. Please mm. do not total my car. Uh, you know, I got to the people's house, delivered their food. And I'm like, hey, my car is like crashed in front of your house. I'm going to come back tomorrow because it's late at night. Anyways, uh, so we went through that process. At first, they said they were going to total it. Then they said no. So thank God they did not. And I was able to just get my car fixed. Um, and then my husband kind of did the same thing. It didn't hit a deer, but you know, he paid off his car and then he hit a, a, a pole in my daughter's school parking lot, like crushed his door. Um, someone ended up hitting him and my daughter on their way to a volleyball tournament his car got crashed um, so much so they did totally his car and we had to get another car. Um, but in all three of those instances and even other stuff, when stuff would come up and say if we had to go back into more debt, um, or we had a cash flow, whatever was happening, we would just do that. If we had to go back into more debt, is just we would just add it to the list. I think you know we went, we got a water softener when we moved in. Um, we did a few other things that like popped up on us, and we would just add it to the list. Like okay, charge it if we need to, or put it, pay it out of cash if we can, and just put it back on our list. We're not gonna you know drown ourselves over this issue. We're just gonna have to you know deal with the issue and keep on going. And so we've at, we added more debt to our list as we're going through. And when we get there, we'll pay it off and just keep on moving down the list. Thank you for Did sharing you that a... because mm -hmm. I just, sorry, I, I just, I just gotta say, I wanted to bring that up because a lot of people see the debt payoff journey and they see the end result. They see where you started and they see the end result, but obviously you can't document every single little thing that happened, every single thing you do from that five to six year period. Right. And because of that, a lot of people get this misconception that, oh, I'm just going to sit in my house, be a hermit, nothing's going to happen, and all my money that I'm going to get is going to go straight towards the debt, and I'll be done in X amount of years, right? Yeah. But again, if you have a life or somewhat of a life, something is going to happen. Something mm -hmm. is going to set you back a little bit. But it's important to hear those stories from people like you and know that it's not going to deter you from the ultimate goal. It might yeah. set you back a little bit, but no matter what, you're just going to keep pushing forward. So I'm glad you and your husband were able to get over those those humps in the past. It was crazy. It was a wild journey. But, uh, you know, everything's not perfect. And we just kept on moving forward. It's Again, things are going to come up, all kinds of stuff. And we, again, we did this entire journey with our daughter being club, doing club volleyball. So we were mm -hmm. paying out extra costs for her and traveling, paying off debt. And it was just like, you know, all right, this is the first of the month. What do we got going on for the month? Okay, we can put this much to debt. We can side hustle this much. And we also have to make a $500 payment to, you know, to club volleyball and all kinds of things. But, you know, we right. made it work. We weren't, we knew it wasn't going to be like, oh, we're going to pay everything off in two years for those that can do it in two years. That's amazing. We knew it was going to take time. Um, so we just, you know, kept on going. 
until we finally yeah. hit zero, which was great. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, did you have a timeline set for yourselves or were you guys like, no, we're going to just keep going at it full force. And then when it happens, it happens. Yeah, I would say that we didn't have a timeline. We kind of, you know, knew where we're looking at. Um, and again, because we had those goals and it was like quarter goals, yearly goals, milestones. But we knew it would be around the 2019, 2020 if we kept on pace. Um, and then with all the other issues that did come up, it was like, okay, we're pushing into 2020, you know, another issue was a tax bill showed up and it was like, oh, come on. Um, so then, you know, I had to pay Uncle Sam. Um, so yeah, we knew it'd be 2019, 2020. And then finally we're like, again, with the pandemic that it just helped us a little bit more, um, with all the extra stuff that was available to us and we just pushed through. Gotcha. So you know, you and your husband seem to be on the same page with like this whole debt pay down journey. I'm wondering, did you guys have any other support in terms of gaining more motivation, finding motivation to keep on that journey, seeing as though you had these setbacks, but you were trying to still keep within target? I think motivation came from the debt-free community on Instagram. Um, you know, I still, uh, started seeing stuff pop up on my personal Instagram and, uh, you know, then you start following it. So then it's like, oh, they're showing you more stuff all the time. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to create my, create my own page. Um, so I think watching other people's stories <laughs> was very helpful um, and encouraging me uh, to keep going and seeing, you know, other people who were like me, who weren't like me, who looked like me, you know, race-wise, who didn't look like me race-wise, um, kind of do the same kind of thing and work together, whether they're single moms or they're married. Um, you know, I kind of been all of it because I was a single mom when DJ and I were separated and we were married. Um, and so I think watching other people's stories was so encouraging to help me keep going and, you know, to do side hustles and things like that as well. So you share on your blog that you started a debt-free community out in San Antonio where you live. Mm -hmm. How has that journey been for you in creating that space for people to like come to you or just speak? their minds and speak about what their financial journey has been like it's been interesting because we created it uh during the pandemic as well <laughs> so we've only had a few times that we've met a few times via zoom for those that are uh, interested in connecting um, and again to hear different stories here in our community um to see where people are working uh and stuff like that we have not met in person yet the one time we were going to meet in person people were still like eh, let's wait uh but you know it's Cool to see people that you didn't know in our in my city, which is the seventh largest city in the, uh, the nation, um, kind of go during that same kind of journey. And those that are there, you know, people that are here that I've connected with in the community, are, you know, they were already debt free, um, you know, no kids, some with kids, some are single, some are married. So just to connect with those individuals and share our stories um, and be connected in our own community has been great. But again, it, it's all been virtual, like only three or four times because we kicked it off right in the middle of the pandemic, right at the start of the pandemic, excuse me. Yeah, having a support group is extremely important. It makes you feel like you're not on this island trying to get through this journey mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah. Um, you said you, you said earlier that you sing for your church and you mm -hmm. go to church every single Sunday. Mm -hmm. how, how important was having that faith during your debt-free your debt-free journey? Um, super important. I mean, again, I got introduced to being debt free through my church and financial peace university. Um, and, you know, knowing the word and the word says, you know, that God doesn't want us to be a slave to lender and, you know, being a faithful tither. Although at one point in my journey, I chose not to tithe to my church because I was so focused on paying off debt. So for a year I didn't tithe. 
but also that weighed down on me for uh, a long time. And then so at the end of that year, I was like, nope, I went to the altar. And I was like, you know, I got to stop doing this. Like, God, you always provide. So why am I tripping? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be debt free. It's like, OK, is it going to help me get debt free six months earlier because I'm not tithing? So I made a personal choice um, to go back to uh, tithing, which I've been doing ever since, I guess, three or four years now. Um, Tell me to pay off my debt, but I was just like, you know, I know that God has other things in store for me. I just I need to be faithful to Him, um, to my church, to tithe and offerings, and everything's been great. Like before and after, like when I was in debt and was tithing all the time, I felt like I was blessed. And I know you don't, you're not blessed um, just because you're giving to your church, but that's me. I believe in the Word of God. I believe you give your ten percent. Yada 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 yada. Um, and so I'm just thankful for the opportunity um, to become debt free to serve in my church to, you know, help others. And, you know, as I've gone through this journey, I started to share more like on my personal Facebook page. So then it was like my church family was like, what? You did what? You paid off your student loans? Like, what? And all this other kind of stuff. Um, I'm like, yes, it can be done. For the longest, my mindset was like, I'm always going to have student loans, like forever and ever and ever, because I put them on deferred them, forbearance, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, But sharing my testimony through Facebook also allowed me the opportunity to speak like at our women's conference a couple years ago. And for many years, I always did speak at our women's conference on something my pastor would always ask us. And um, so she's like, I want you to share a testimony. And I'm like, ooh, and I'm very much so, I don't mind speaking to the media. I don't mind speaking on Instagram, but sometimes speaking at church is like, ooh, I don't know, I get scared. <laughs> um, so a couple of years ago I spoke and then I was like, what am I gonna speak about? And I spoke about, you know, faith and finances. Um, and that, you know, registered with a lot of women and so you know people would send me messages from the women conference like thank you very much for saying that like i'm gonna go get a part-time job i started paying off my debt like you know everyone would start sending me their testimonies on what they were doing to help pay off their debt so i'm like okay i have to let the fear aside because no matter what if i can change one person's life for the mm-hmm. better in a positive way just by sharing my testimony it's like then share it because you're helping other people that's right. Yeah, definitely. Like just hearing you with all your side hustles and your whole journey from, you know, early a couple of years ago to now, obviously mm-hmm. you've accomplished a lot. And so just understanding that success and being aware of it, that someone else can accomplish it is going to help tons of people. So speaking of helping others and, and um, just faith and finances, how are you kind of instilling some of these principles that you've that you've learned so far on this journey to your, to your daughters? Are are you teaching them any good financial habits? And if so, like, what are some examples of that? Yeah. So, um, this is funny, especially with our, my youngest one. (laughs) And so our oldest, we, you know, she is in our, our conversations talking about money and budgeting. Uh, so we've opened up her checking a savings account. And when she (laughs) asks to do things now, it's like, you know, uh, I need to get my eyebrows done. I'm like, is it in your budget? And she was just like, well, I have this much. Well, can you, can you uh, loan it? Nope. I'm not loaning it to me, to you. I was like, I, you got paid. Like we gave you money for this pay period. You need yeah. to work with inside your budget. So if you want your eyebrows done, if you want to go Chick-fil-A, what you want, but that's your budget. She's a part of our conversations when we have our monthly budgeting meetings or I wouldn't say monthly because we do it like almost weekly. And so she hears us planning out the month and she sees the spreadsheets and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to share with her tools and resources that I didn't have growing up. I didn't, you know, growing up, the only conversations about money was we ain't got it. We're broke. No, I don't have McDonald's money. Like, don't ask me for money kind of deal. Um, so I wasn't prepared when I moved out of my house at 18 and got my first apartment. And it's like, girl, you got an apartment. 
you make eight thousand, not eight thousand, excuse me, a thousand dollars a month working at finish line. Like, how are you gonna pay for all these bills? And so, I mean, I went into debt like right off the jump when I moved out of my mom's house. Um, so we're trying to make sure that they don't have that. Like, we tell them like, you don't have to leave when you turn eighteen. I'm, I'm like, Cindy, do not run up out of here. Yes, go to college. We want you to go to college. We will pay for your undergraduate degree if you want a master's. You're on your own. That's you. Uh, please don't get a student loan. <laughs> So I, got, I got you for your undergraduate. Uh, please get scholarships and stuff like that uh, while we're there. But I'm like, don't run out. I'm like, even when you're done with college, don't think you have to go get an apartment or anything. Like, you are more than welcome to come back home until you know you're ready to be on your uh, on your own and can provide. And I told her, so I've been following uh, D with Kids Money Academy and Danielle and Beth on Instagram, and you know just even wanting to pay my kids, right? So I'm like, hey, Sydney, be my producer for my, my Instagram reels and for my blog, right? Be my videographer. I was like, I can I can pay you and you can get a Roth IRA, I mean, a custodial IRA, and you will start investing at 16 years old. And she's mm. like, but are you going to pay me? I'm like, yes, fool, I'll pay you. I was like, you know, because she gets mad. I'm like, hey, help me with this real, real quick. And I'm like, yes, I'll pay you. I was like, we'll create all this stuff and I can pay you. You can start investing now and not start investing at 25 when you get your first job or start, you know, investing more so like I am doing now in my late 30s. Um, Emmy, on the other hand, as a six year old, you know, we're teaching her about money and just the basics with chores and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, you got to put it in your, you know, your save, your give, your save, your give. Or your spend money. So do I have enough money? When she goes to her sister's volleyball game, do I have enough money to get nachos? I'm like, well, you need to bring your money. Like, mommy's not gonna spend her money every single time we come up here for a game to get you nachos and stuff. So do you want extra snacks? Because I'm already gonna stuff my purse with snacks. But if you want something that's at the gym, you need to spend your own spending money. Uh, so Emery's catching on to that too now. About okay, nope, I'm gonna keep my money. I don't want to spend it. Never mind. I'll eat. I'll bring Cheetos from home instead of getting nachos at the gym. I'm like, all right, works for me. Stuff my purse. Let's go. <laughs> That's so awesome. I can't wait till you teach them about taxes, if you're going to teach them about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a rude awakening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, you thought you were going to get 30? I'll, I'll keep 10. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and I even told Sydney, so her birthday was last weekend, and she she uh, got a whole bunch of money. I'm like, how much money you got? She's like, nothing. I'm like, no, give me your wallet. Let me see how much money you got. <laughs> and so she gets it, and I'm like, okay, I'm putting this much in your checking, I'm putting this much in your savings, and don't forget to tie it off of that. And she was just like, huh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay, got it. I'm like, all right, so there you go. And I'm like, and don't spend on your money. I was like, don't eat your money. And she was like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, okay, don't be at Chick-fil-A every day, eat all your money. I'm like, yeah, you're rich today, but by next Friday, you're going to be broke again because you ate up all your money all week. I'm glad, That's you, right. I'm glad you're doing that because, like, <laughs> I think that one of the best ways – you can build generational wealth. It's not necessarily just give your kids money and give them like whatever they want. It's really just teach them the mindset behind how you manage your money, you know, how you invest your money, how you uh, put it in different buckets for certain things. And if they learn that early on, it's only going to perpetuate up until they're adulthood. Right. Um, So one last thing we want to touch upon is your relationship with finances and your marriage. You know, we read this article in your blog, uh, positively be for the listeners. Um, and we read this article wh- where you talked about how you shifted your mindset from me to we. Do you mind expanding a little bit about that and how it helps you in your marriage with finances as well? 
Absolutely. So again, as I mentioned, our, our first go around when we were in our early 20s, um, we argued about money a lot. It was, you know, me versus him. And it was, again, like I said earlier, he makes this, I make that. Um, this is my money, that's your money, or all that kind of good stuff. So we learned from our lessons in our early 20s when we decided to get back together and get married. And we had a shift to we. It's not your money, it's not my money, it's our money, it's our debt. You know, when we got back together, it's like, okay, yeah, I may have more debt than you did, but guess what? This is our debt, and we're going to work it together to pay off this debt together. Um, we're different than most married couples. We um, So we have several bank accounts, and we have our own separate accounts, yada, 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 but we have access to everyone's account, to all of our accounts, right? So everyone's on the same account, but it's not like all of our money goes into one bucket. It's our money has to go in these accounts. I take care of these bills. He takes care of these bills. Again, we have access to everything. Um, and that works for us. Um, so that's what we do. Um, I know other people are like, no, it all needs to go this way. And I'm like, you know, again, I will always say do what works best for you. Um, and so that's what we do for our marriage. But it was that, it was really that mindset of we can't be going up against each other and you versus me and yada, yada, yada. It was, hey, we're we. We're our team Rodriguez now. And so we're going to work together in all aspects of the marriage, our finances, uh, are investing now, uh, all kinds of things. Recently, uh, I rolled over an old uh, retirement into an IRA, and he has like two old retirements. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna roll over all that stuff into this account too. Yada yada yada, and you know, all these investments are going together. And then I'm looking at him like, well, you better not leave me. You leave me, I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, you better not leave me. And I'm like, I'm taking all your money and I'm leaving. Don't you dare. But now it's just, uh, okay, we're in this together. Uh, but yeah, it was just having those real hard conversations like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to be the best for our marriage, our best for our family. And, you know, we're no longer two individuals. We're a union in our marriage. But that was something that, I mean, it took us a long time to learn. Again, the basis of our, our breakup was finances and money in the early 20s. Yeah. And that, and that's a common point a uh, difficult point in a lot of marriages or not not people whatever domestic domestic partner relationships too right mm -hmm. uh, finances is a trouble point yeah. but thanks for sharing that and how you guys came together how you you also mentioned compromise earlier mm -hmm. um before so that's another way to also move forward with mm -hmm. that part of your relationship so lots of compromise appreciate you. Yeah, yeah definitely so Brandy, you know, we've had a great conversation here. You've kind of dropped a lot of gems. A, a lot of the accomplishments that you've had have really resonated with me and how I kind of want to kind of form my own financial journey in the future. So thank you. And I'm sure it's also resonated with a lot of our listeners. And I wanted to have this time for you to share. Where can people find you? Like what resources can you offer people? And yeah, where can people get in touch with you? Great. Awesome. Again, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm on Instagram, Brandon Rodriguez. Uh, Instagram handle is debt underscore free underscore 2020. I also have a blog at www.positivelybead.com. Um, I created that blog earlier this year with great intentions to have a new blog twice a month, start off great and have not been doing uh, well so much so, but I'm trying to focus on getting two blogs um, out a month. And again, my blog is focused on family, faith and finances. Um, real big on family, real big again on my faith where I serve with my church. Um, and then, of course, finances where I'm just trying to do be a better person, better do better with my finances and so that I can retire and be taken care of. Right. Make sure that we have everything in place. So Instagram website, you can always drop me a DM, send me an email. 
Um, and I can help people with budgeting, paying off debt. I have a budget template on my blog as well as a debt tracker to help those mm. start their debt-free journey. Um, and just say that anyone can do it. You can pay off your debt. You just have to make sure you have the right mindset. If you have that mindset of, you know, I'm always going to have a car note or I'm always going to have student loans, I'm always going to have credit card debt. Drop that kind of mindset. And once you switch your mindset, you can do so many great things when it comes to your finances. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandy. I really appreciate that. And with that, it's a wrap.